Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink. And welcome to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, I can't believe it. When I tell you how long it's been since my next guest has been on, I was blown away because he was becoming one of my favorite people. Still is. We've talked off and on over the last year and a half, but I've dealt with stuff. He's dealt with stuff. Haven't been able to get him on, but Kip Harris is back. That's right. Author of Improbable Joy. And it was a book that was pending. He was writing it and wanted to fine tune it. And he was, I think, admittingly dragging his feet. I was his biggest fan, pushing him to get this thing out there. So many good things in it to really brighten people's worlds because it's on the subject of joy The whole title of the book is Improbable Joy, A Three-Time Cancer Survivor's Journey to Overcoming Fear and Pain. And what it's all about is finding joy in the most unexpected places. So before we get into it all, let's welcome him, of course, back to across the county. My friend, Mr. Kip, how are you? Not too bad. Thanks for that great introduction. And you're absolutely right. I was dragging my feet. And part of that is because we all get locked into how we think it's supposed to be. Uh And then when somebody tells you this isn't quite right and we get reluctant to change, I had to take some time and be willing to change. And so, yeah, new approach. The book is exactly what it's supposed to be now. Well, you know, a wizard is never late. Frodo Baggins, he arrives precisely when he means to. I don't know. That just popped in my mind from Lord (laughs) of the Rings, but glad the book is out. Now let's give people a little background Back in 2004, you're a big mountain biker, Kip, and you ended up in an emergency room and had to go through some surgery, and uh, you were diagnosed with cancer, and since then, you've been through cancer three times, three successful surgeries. I mean, I've had cancer once. I know what it's like. It is, it's obviously not fun, and your mind is going to all kinds of places, I can't imagine the range of emotions going through it three times and what that must have been like for you. I mean, we've talked about it off the air, but that had to have you on the course of fear for quite some time. At what point did you say, you know what? I'm going to be positive about this. I'm going to accept the love from people. And what made you decide to write a book about it? Oh yeah. So much there. Um, I guess what made me write the book was after my, I had the idea for the book after the second time because I had so many moments, you know, I made this intention up front um, in the very beginning to find joy in the worst part of what I knew was about to come. Um, I found myself on a beach, as I told you before, and in Spain writing in my journal and I, I was wishing my life away. And so In that moment, I found a way to create this intention in myself to look for joy in what I knew was going to be a horrible, awful thing that was about to come. Rather than wish my life away, I wanted to find that joy. Um, So I did that, and, you know, I guess the rest is history. I don't know. Well, it seems like that's when you decided to become, because it's a way of thinking, and it's something that I've had to grow with, still growing with to this day. That's when you decided to become intentional, 
And the key word here, because this is a big one for me, you became vulnerable too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I decided early on to be intentional, and then I realized that um, it's not just about me. I, I also learned that really early on. I think sometimes people who are going through cancer or chemo or whatever it is, um, they think it's just about them. You know, I had to lay on an operating table and have surgery for 13 and a half hours. I had to have chemo on the operating table. I had to have chemotherapy after that surgery. It was all about me, right? But that's not true. It is absolutely not just about me. I guarantee you, and I've said this to you before, Noah, my mom, my dad, they would have laid on that table and endured the surgery before they watched their son do it. It was harder for them to sit in the, op, in the, the waiting room for 13 and a half hours than it was for me to just be put to sleep and be operated on. Um, so becoming vulnerable, I, I remember, this is an interesting story about when I first was diagnosed and my parents moved I started having chemo and I couldn't eat. I, I was having extreme abdominal pain. So my oncologist decided, Kip, you can't eat anymore. You got to stop eating. They put me on what's called total parenteral nutrition where you're fed through a tube. I had a port in my chest. So I was fed through my bloodstream, right? This gallon of liquid every night had to be prepared. Um, you had to inject vitamins into it and all sorts of different things and get the tubes ready and then plug it into this tube that was coming out of my chest. Not an easy task. And remember in the, no, it wasn't. It wasn't hard. It was just a little time consuming, right? Well, at that point, I couldn't drive anymore. My parents were living with me. I felt I, I wasn't working anymore. I needed to just do something for myself, right? And so I wanted to prepare this TPN every night. I wanted to do it myself. And I found myself getting a little irritated when I would come upstairs to my kitchen and uh, my mom had already done it and it took me a while. But what I finally figured out was she also needed to feel useful. She couldn't make dinner. She couldn't make her home cooked meals and watch me eat them because I couldn't eat anymore. She couldn't do that for me. She needed to feel useful. And so I let go of my ego and I just said, you know what? This is not just about me. It's also about my mom. And I let her prepare my TPN every night because that's what she needed. And I think a lot of people going through chemo, cancer, whatever it is, forget that. And again, we've had the same conversation before. I don't want to be a burden to people. I don't want to bother people. I, again, nonsense. It's, it's utter nonsense when people say that and when they think that. Because I've said it a hundred times before. If your friend is going through chemo, would you want to drive them? Would you want to prepare a meal for them? Would you want to help in any way possible? The answer is yes, you would. So don't deprive your friends of an opportunity to help you in your moment of need and allow yourself to be vulnerable. It doesn't mean you're weak. It just means that you're allowing others to help you and you get to connect with them in a new way. Of course. And that's why if they're your friend and they're a true friend, that's what they they want to be there with you through the good times and the Absolutely. bad times, especially the bad times. That's why they're your friend. Absolutely. Same thing with your parents. If you have a great relationship with your parents or your spouse, that's why they're there for you. They want to be in the yeah. toughest moments of what you may go through in your life. And we all have them. No matter, There's a, maybe a range of severity. They want to be the ones 
probably above anybody else that would be there for you to get you through to the other side. And it's not because you're a burden. It's because they love you, Kip. And that is where life becomes this circle. It's not about you or it's not about me. It's about everybody involved in your life. Yep. Absolutely. Noah, here and across the county, go to improbablejoy.com, and there you're going to find out about Kip's new book. Yes, I said it, new book. It's out as of last month, Improbable Joy, a three-time cancer survivor's journey to overcoming fear and pain. And he wants you to find joy in unexpected places. So I think before I get to a couple of the other questions during the interview, Kip, what I'd like to focus on is what we focused on with one of the other shows I produce. And this is huge. I had to bring it up today because I think there's a huge misconception that joy, happiness, they're interchangeable and they're the same thing. Tell us why that's not true, because this is something that's always frustrated me when people kind of use the words, again, as I just said, interchangeably, because they're completely different. <laughs> yeah, they are. And I, I think there's a lot of people that don't really, I guess because we don't talk about it, we don't think about the difference, but it really is a monstrous difference. For me, happiness is just an expression of how you might be feeling in any given moment, right? It's possible, I believe, that for someone who is in the midst of depression to experience a happy moment, right? Something can happen and it all of a sudden sparks a little happiness. That's an outward expression of, of something that you're feeling in a moment, right? But joy is more of an inner feeling. For me, it's something that sustains my soul and it feeds the, the part of who I am that, you know, exists in the world. Um, joy is more foundational. Happy is just kind of an expression. I think love that. that. And, you know, you know what makes yeah. me joyful, Kip, is when I people have found it irritating. People love it. The fact that I have a photographic memory, specifically when it comes to movies, I can quote a movie, especially that I love from the first word in the film to the last word in the film. And if I'm there in the theater, I love it if there's an empty theater because I often quote the movie as it's as it's playing. That brings me so much joy. Even the bad films. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Oh, man. Uh, happiness, okay, maybe it's the actually... initial feeling when I walk out of the theater or yeah. I am you know, just, you know, it's a fleeting piece of emotion. That joy is something that sustains you. It's something that yeah. is with you pretty much in your daily walk of life. Even if you're not necessarily thinking about that particular thing, it's what makes you who you are. It's what you've been through. Even the tough times... You know, the fear, the pain that we all experienced, that you and I both experienced as we were going through our cancer journeys, part of that leads you to joy because it made you stronger. It made you who you are today. Absolutely. And so before I say what I want to say, I have, you're right. It is irritating that you have this photographic. (laughs) It is. It really is. (laughs) That's irritating, but that's, it's also quite amazing. My friend Jody is kind of like that with books. She can remember things about books that I think is just crazy. But um. <laughs> well, And I wish I had a yeah. photographic memory for other things, but it literally only stems from movie quotes. It's, it's quite something. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I love it. So what have you learned? Obviously, this has been a huge journey for you, Kip. I know the, the book went through... Uh, a couple of different iterations towards the end there. There was a stall, uh, I think, for good reason. I know the reason uh, that we talked about off the air. 
But at the end of the day, since you started to write the book and you were penning the words on the paper to now it's out, people can read it, they can get it at improbablejoy.com. What have you, Kip Harris, learned about this journey just specifically through writing Improbable Joy? Um, so, yeah, I, I've never written a book before. And so I think that was part of my initial problem. I wrote the book and I structured the book in such a way that I thought it was just brilliant. You know, in my own head, <laughs> I, I thought it was amazing and it was great. And then when I finally engaged with my publisher, she said, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. So it was a little hard for somebody to tell me something that I was so proud of and something that I'd worked so hard putting together said, no, this isn't going to work. Um, but I had to open myself up to listen and hear from somebody who does this for a living, right? I've never done this. You want to buy a house, you want to engage in negotiating for a property. I can help you because this is what I do every day of the week, right? I'm a, I'm a real estate broker. I work as residential mostly. Um, I can do that because it's my profession. I am not a professional book publisher. So I had to let my ego go. And so I learned a little bit about, you know, letting go of my ego, letting go of attachment. Um, because now in the end, it really is better than it was. The first draft is not nearly what the final version is. I, I'm super proud of, of what it came to turn out to be because I really think now it speaks more directly to people who are going through the experience that I had, and that is cancer. If you know somebody who's going through chemo or cancer, this is a book that can change their life. And I, I know that because it changed mine. It absolutely changed the experience I had going through chemo. Um, were it not for the intention that I created, I would not have found the joy that I did going through chemotherapy and surgery. I can honestly say, easier to find joy while going through chemotherapy than it is in everyday life. Absolutely, without question. I think what you just everyday said can life, be summed up if people really pay attention to the words. I'm big on words. Just in the fact that the title of the book changed. Both are great titles, but what you just said yeah. resonates in the change because the original subtitle of the book, It's Always Been Improbable Joy, was a yep. three-time cancer survivor's journey to finding joy in unexpected places, which this book does cover. Yep. But yep. the new title, I think, is especially resonant with people that have been through, like myself, like you, which is why you wrote the book, this particular journey, which is a three-time cancer survivor's journey to overcoming fear and pain, because in any type of cancer situation, there is a lot of fear, Kip, and there is a yeah. lot of emotional pain. Right. Absolutely. And I, you know, I wish I could give some sort of, um, I don't know, concrete guarantee to people that they would have a different experience, a, a really joyful experience if they read this book. Um, I can't obviously guarantee that, but I know from my own firsthand experience, and I'm going to give them all kinds of examples in the book of how I took a really awful moment and found joy in that moment. And, I, and for me, it's not only, it not only changed my chemotherapy and cancer journey, it changed my life. Everything about who I am today is different because of this intention to look for joy. Well, let's it, talk it about that as we wrap changed. up the last few minutes with Kip Harris. 
and he is a speaker. He's an author, and of course, he's an expert real estate agent. Connect with him on any of these things <laughs> at improbablejoy.com. But I really want to cover now, Kip, is that formula, for lack of a better word, how you saw that you needed to take yourself out of a particular moment to look for those pieces of joy, not happiness, pieces of joy in unexpected places. What were some of those simplest moments for you that were not only cemented in time, but in memory as well? And tell us how you actually found them. So I found them, it sounds really simple, I found them by looking. Looking is the foundation of intention. And if you don't look for joy, if you, even, I don't even have to say joy. If you don't look for something else besides the pain that you're currently experiencing or the fear that you're currently experiencing, if you don't look for something else, I will guarantee you, you will see pain and you will see fear. You will experience fear. That's a, that's a sure thing. Absolutely. So the, the foundation of it is you have to look. And again, my epiphany came, you know, writing in my journal and I just made an intention. And then the next day I found joy in a really unexpected place. Um, I mean, I can tell you about, you know, laying in the surgical intensive care unit with a, a tube down my throat. I was intubated. Um, and I saw this CNA walking in the room with a sponge bath equipment. And I was terrified because I couldn't speak and I couldn't say anything. And the last time I'd had surgery, the time before that, I didn't have an intubation tube. And I, the nurse that came in or the CNA that came in and gave me a sponge bath tortured me, essentially. It was the most excruciatingly painful experience of my life. So I remember seeing this woman walk in to give me this sponge bath and I couldn't do anything. And it turned out that because I was paying attention, this woman, I felt like I was in the spa. She treated me with love and compassion. I didn't hurt. I didn't feel any pain. It was the most kind, loving thing that has ever happened to me in surgical intensive care. Like, I will never forget that experience. And had I not been looking for something else, I don't think I would have seen it. I paid attention. Um, so I, I guess I just think it's hard to give people specific instructions. It really just boils down to looking. You have to look. And so I'm rambling, but maybe my hope is that by reading my book and seeing all of the times when I found joy in really awful situations, and I talk about those in the book, if I can do it then, you'll be convinced that you can also find joy if you look. And that's my hope, is that by just sharing my personal stories of when I did it, people can start to do it themselves, because I really believe it can fundamentally change the way the, the whole world works if we look for something good. Well, you actually just answered my next question, which is what do you hope people gain from reading your book, Improbable Joy? That's, I think, yeah. probably no greater compliment if they can read your book and come out with that. But is there anything else that perhaps you specifically would like them to, after cover to cover, be able to come away with and go, you know what, I need to pass this on. There's people in my life that I know that would benefit from reading this, especially this one specific part of the book. Yeah, 
I really want people to read it and, and realize that we are all connected in ways that we don't often understand or appreciate. The book tells the stories of people that changed my life in just amazing ways. And, and the thing that's most fascinating to me is most of the people that changed my life don't know they changed my life. And so I think on that and I go, if they don't know they changed my life, does that mean I have the potential to touch and change other people's lives every day without knowing it? And the answer is yes, I do. And yes, you do. And that's what I want people to understand. I mean, I can tell you a story about a, a kid working in a Winnipeg gas station, um, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I went up there with a friend of mine. And on the way home, we stopped at this gas station. I will never forget that kid. He's just a clerk working in a gas station. But he was so amazing in the way that he connected with every customer. He made me feel alive. He made me feel connected to the world in a way that I didn't before I walked in that door. That's amazing. He will never know the extent to which he's changing people's lives. Um, but he is. And so I want people to understand the power they have every day they go out into the world. Well, I'll tell you, that's great. I absolutely love that. Especially if somebody's making an impact on your life, let them know about it. Let them know why they're making an impact. I told Kip he was making an impact on my life because I have been and off and on been going through certain medical challenges in my life over the last several years. We have a lot of commonalities and we're similar in a lot of ways and experiences and we're different in a lot of ways. But you know what? We've been able to grow and come together with a friendship because of those common experiences. And I've shared with him and he shared with me. And if you open up to somebody, Kip, you will be surprised that you have more Mm -hmm. in common than you have different. And you might even make a, a lifelong friendship along the way, somebody that cares for you and brings you what we were just talking about, which is that improbable joy. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And connection. For me, connection is the thing that matters. There's three things, love, joy, and connection. That's the foundation of my life. It's all I need. Everything else just happens when those three things are there. Amen to that. I want you to get his book. Go to improbablejoy.com. Again, the title of the book, the new title is Improbable Joy. It's only been out a month, so you can get it now, hot off the presses. A three-time cancer survivor's journey to overcoming fear and pain by Kip Harris. Last question for you, Kip. What's next for Kip Harris? I know people can still network with you if they want to maybe do a face-to-face Zoom session. You still offer that at improbablejoy.com. But what is on the horizon for Mr. Kip Harris? Yeah, so on the horizon, I am. my mom passed away a month ago. So the, the launch to my book has been a little bit delayed because of, of her passing away. Um, but I am going to be working on a book tour that I will be doing because I want people to get this book in their hands. Um, I, it really is a message I want the world to hear. So I'm always interested in speaking, whether it's in person or via Zoom, uh, to groups of people. You can, you can arrange that by going to my website as well. Again, go to the website, improbablejoy.com. Kip Harris, author, speaker, expert, real estate agent, all things Kip Harris, improbablejoy.com. Pick up the book. And Kip, love to have you back on. So maybe before the end of the year, to talk about some of the response that you've got from your readers about what the book has brought to their lives. 
I'd love to talk about that because I've already gotten feedback and comments that I could share. So I'd love to do that. Well, if you've already gotten response, off the air, we're going to make a date. We're going to make it happen. We're going to get you back on here at the end of 2022, my friend. Perfect. Thanks, Noah. Noah here and across the county, improbablejoy.com. Check it out. Kip Harris, Improbable Joy, a three-time cancer survivor's journey to overcoming fear and pain. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.